0: You're listening to There's a Better Way, smart talk on healthcare and technology. If you're up for energizing and story-driven conversations with national healthcare leaders driving industry innovation across the country, then you are in the right place. My guest today for this bonus episode of our first season is a true visionary. Colleen Lindholz is the president of Kroger Health and a recent chair of the National Association of Chain Drug Stores, or NACDS. At Kroger Health, Colleen leads more than 2,200 pharmacies across 220 clinics in 37 states. Colleen is laser-focused on preventing the progression of chronic disease through whole patient care. As she says... We want to fill fewer prescriptions at Kroger by helping folks live healthier lives. And we believe in the preventative power of food. Kroger grocery stores and pharmacies are well-placed to deliver on this mission, where dieticians, pharmacists, and nurse practitioners are working together to not only help patients fill their prescriptions, but also help them choose healthier foods. For Colleen, The future of healthcare is personalized and the future of pharmacy is patient-based, not prescription-based. I am so pleased to welcome Colleen to the show and to share her vision with all of you. Hi, Colleen. Welcome to the show. We're so
1: happy to have you here. Hi, Melanie. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. appreciate the invite.
0: Your career is impressive and the accomplishments and vision you have for healthcare at Kroger Health... Are really quite extraordinary. Let's start with where you started.
1: Well, where I started, I mean, goes way back for me. Where I grew up, how I grew up. My mother, she actually was in nursing school early on, and then she got contracted tuberculosis, unfortunately, and had to drop out. Never went back. But mom ended up doing things like to take care of people. She she ran a Life Squad. You know, I just really from um, seeing her. And what she was doing to try to help people, it really inspired me to, to want to help people. So early on, I got a job in high school in a pharmacy and, and really started to you know say, hey, this is an awesome opportunity for me to help people and really connect with the community. So that's kind of how it started for me. I worked for Super X when I was in high school and then ended up going to pharmacy school and graduated in 1995. And, and it's been an awesome journey ever since.
0: Oh, that's great. A life squad. Your mom was, did a life squad. What is a life squad?
1: life Squad, well, you know, when the ambulance comes around and she would, uh, she was a part of the life squad for uh, Goshen where we lived, and so I would hear the, the plectron we called it go off in the middle of the night. Mom would jump up, put her suit on, and, and run out to help save people, help help people, you know, whether that be help save the oh life, my
0: goodness, okay, you know, the life
1: squad, the ambulance, yeah, the local, uh, the local Goshen life squad is what we called them, and so it just really inspired me early on on, on how much she really con- connected and cared about people, and then that's how you know, sort of I, I, I grew up, and then. I wanted to go to medical school early in my career. That ended up not working out for me. But overall, it's been, like I said, it's been an awesome journey. And I came with Kroger in 1995. And I say it's the best decision that I ever made. And not because Kroger is a great company. We are. And I'm so proud to work for the Kroger company. But it was the opportunity, Melanie, that it would give me to practice pharmacy inside of a place where people visit, um, a, And, you know, people come to the grocery store sometimes, you know, two and a half times a week on average, uh, our Kroger uh, shoppers come in to see us. And the relationships that I would be able to build and be able to truly help people beyond just filling up their prescriptions is the reason I say it was the best decision that I ever made. And the opportunity to really connect the healthcare side to the food side, which is obviously something that we have been working on for quite some time at Kroger, more the holistic approach to helping people and not just the filling of prescriptions.
0: In a recent interview, you mentioned the oath you took as a pharmacist to serve for the betterment of humanity and to alleviate the suffering of humanity. So how do you live that as a healthcare professional today and leader?
1: Yeah, so the oath, thank you so much for bringing it up. It's it's very sacred to me. It's been, it, since I took the oath in 1995, it's, a copy of that is hung in my office at, at the pharmacies and where I were, was a pharmacy manager. And it's something that we still recite and do today at, at Kroger. So when we have meetings um, we have recently, we will stand up, raise our right hand and recite the oath. And the reason is, is because it's what we, it's what we dedicated our lives to as pharmacists. So this isn't just a job for me. It's really a calling and a dedication to the the betterment of humanity and whatever that might mean. It means multiple different things, by the way. You know, whether I'm on the street, I'm at church or I'm in, you know, going to see a movie, if someone goes down, I mean, I'm there to help them. And that's what the oath is about in pharmacy, is basically serving humanity and And also, it's also about helping the next generation of pharmacists. So everything that we do at Kroger is in service of our profession, not just the pharmacy profession, by the way, but the nursing profession and the dietitian profession also that we lead. But yeah, the oath is very sacred to us. It evolves around every single thing that we do, and we're proud of it.
0: I love that about the medical profession. as these oaths are just clearly individual, purpose-driven oaths for your profession. At SureScripts, we clearly are purpose-driven, and that is part of our, you know, how we, what, how we show up and come to work every day. But the idea that it's actually driven into your profession from when you, when you become a pharmacist or any kind of clinician is just really cool. So I think you grew up in, and, and really spent much of your life in Cincinnati, right? I did spend a little bit of time there because our daughter went to school near there. How has that influenced your your experience as a leader in healthcare today?
1: Yeah, so I'm born here, spent most of my career here. I did get to move to Nashville, Tennessee for a few years when uh, the company asked me to lead the little clinic operation. It was headquartered out in Nashville, so I did get to live in Nashville for about three and a half years But yeah, I think being here from the Midwest, the Midwest companies, a lot of them are purpose-driven. You know, we're hardworking, very caring, very humble. And so as I go across the country, obviously, I try to take that that sort of purpose-driven, caring piece always with me.
0: Now, I've heard you say, continuing on this purpose-driven kind of theme, I've heard you also say that the purpose at Kroger is to feed the human spirit. What do you mean by that? And how do you bring that to life at Kroger?
1: Yes, our purpose at Kroger is to feed the human spirit. And I tell you what, when we deemed that purpose many years ago, it really excited me for a lot of different reasons because of how closely, especially in the healthcare professions that we touch people and we do make a difference in their lives in, in multiple different ways. And Melanie, we have feed the human spirit. The word feed in there, I think people believe it's because we're a grocer by trade, right? We, we sell groceries, but we believe at Kroger that people are hungry for more than food. I mean, they're hungry for uplift, for a smile, to connect, to go where someone knows their name. And that's what I love about our purpose and, and the fact that feeding the human spirit means multiple different things to us. We talk about uplift. You know, I said that people need uplifted. We start all of our meetings with an uplift story. And it, a lot of times it's it's something very simple, very simple from even like an associate helping in another, another associate all the way to, hey, we saved somebody's life yesterday in one of our grocery stores, someone that went down and had a heart attack. Like it means multiple different things to us. But again, we also believe at Kroger that it's not just about value and price, but it's about people feeling valued. You know, we say, can we help people of our own associates and the people that we serve feel valued? And it's not just about checking out, like we would check out groceries, but it's about reaching out. And then you see us reaching out into the community and reaching out into the multiple different spectrums of healthcare and saying, "Hey, how can we come together to make this world a better place?" So it is really purpose-driven. It's really exciting, and I think it's what fuels our overall our overall company.
0: Sure. So I'm a so if I'm a consumer, pet, you know, a member of the community, and I go into Kroger grocery store into the into the pharmacy, what do I experience that's different?
1: So I think for one thing, we're trying to lead the industry in the experience and the customer experience. And whether that be from the tools that we provide to our customers to so basically simplify things for them, help them either take their medications, you know, easier or simplify that their lives in that give them the lowest possible price. You know, affordability is a big issue in our country, obviously for prescriptions, but I think it's about the experience and the connections to people. And so I'm so proud of our healthcare professionals and what they have done, I mean, especially during the pandemic, really sacrificed and a lot of our pharmacists and our nurse practitioners and dietitians have sacrificed themselves for the greater good. And so I think it's all about the experience and the people. And then it's about that more holistic approach to, to healthcare. We went out and said a couple of years ago Melanie that we actually want to fill less prescriptions per person. So while we're a pharmacy and we fill prescriptions, we believe that the best thing is to keep people off of multiple prescriptions, to try to help them live a healthier life, and that's what I think the difference is in being a uh, healthcare entity inside of a grocery store is just really that holistic approach.
0: Oh, I love that you just went there. Can you talk about that a little bit? You've got a you've got a way that you speak about food. Would you explain what you're doing at Kroger?
1: Yeah. So for one thing, we've made some deliberate decisions with our healthcare strategy. And and one of those decisions is that we are going to win with food first. Now, we believe in the preventative power of food and then actually averting disease. It's just as important as treating it, like preventing it. And what's so awesome is that as America's largest traditional grocer, we have the opportunity to work with the, the the consumer product groups, the CPGs of the world that actually bring us and we put their food on our shelf. We have the power to put better for you foods on the shelf and to actually help change the trajectory, we believe, of chronic disease in the United States. We have been working on food as medicine for quite some time, and it's everything, Melanie, from a shelf tag telling a customer and being very more transparent about the foods that they are buying, all the way to preventing illness before it starts, and that's what I I love, and I get really excited about, is because it's it's preventing illness before it starts. We have defined food as medicine as an educated, dedicated, and personalized approach to helping people eat healthier and enjoy food, so we can prevent illness before it starts. Again, I know I said the end of that that sentence um, just a few minutes ago, but you know, having the opportunity to change the trajectory of chronic disease in the United States is a privilege. And, you know, we know that you are what you eat. And we do know that a lot of things can be prevented, or at least chronic diseases can be better managed through diet. So we get excited because there's a huge need. And we believe that we can be a solution for the issue and for the need in America.
0: Uh, I've heard you speak about this before, and it is inspirational. It's really a platform that you have, not just in your community, the communities you serve directly, but across the country. I think you just were at the White House, right, at a conference on on hunger and nutrition. Yeah.
1: Okay. I just need to tell you, I'm so glad that you brought this up because I yeah. was I was super excited in the spring of this year when the announcement was made by President Biden and then administ- the administration that there was going to be the summit held in September around hunger, nutrition, and health. And a summit of this magnitude around this to- these particular topics has not happened since 1969 under President Nixon. And at that time when it happened, what came out of that summit was SNAP and WIC and some of the programs or the programs that are used today, you know, to fill uh, for nutrition, food security. And when they announced it, I thought, Wow. I mean, this is our opportunity because these are the things that we've been working on also. But to have a partnership, you know, that the that the federal government is coming out and saying this is a major issue to know we've been working on it and that we can help be a solution. It's just been it's just been amazing. So we were able to join the President Biden administration. Rodney McMullen was able to be inside of the Ronald Reagan building. So he did attend my team held a breakfast summit, a breakfast roundtable, and a watch party in D.C. at the Mayflower. So we were also there. And what we did, uh, Melanie, there was we brought multiple people from around the whole c- country, different industries, together so that we could watch it together. And more importantly, that we can come out and be you know, connected to what's going to happen across the nation and, again, be a solution. So one of the things I want to tell you that came out of that was that we are partnering now with the American Heart Association and the Rockefeller Foundation to do the one of the largest nutrition studies, nutrition research studies across the country as it relates to food as medicine and how we can you know, put solutions in front of the country that will help solve some of the major issues. So we're excited. We're going back to D.C. in another month, next month, to actually meet with AHA and the Rockefeller Foundation to put our plan together, multi-year study on nutrition security, which, by the way big difference between just food security and nutrition security. And that's the, some of the things we've been working on that we think we can we can help.
0: That is exciting news. Very, congratulations on getting that far and, and taking the platform to that stage. And I really look forward to what comes of that study and what comes from the study to what we can do to change the course of, as you said, nutrition security, which I love that distinction between nutrition security and food security so you also recently completed your tenure as the chair of NACDS right and the whole commitment to health and wellness was something that you carried forth there can you talk about that and what that experience was and and where it's come in pharmacies across america
1: yes yeah, so i was i've privileged to serve as nacds's chair this past year I wish it would have been another year. I wish it would have been more than just a one year uh, one year term because you know as you get going with that with that committee and you feel like you're making a difference, you know all of a sudden you're not the chair anymore. But that, that that's not the point. The point is that I think that the pharmacies across the country really do have an opportunity to step to the forefront and be a solution for the many issues that are going on. I'm excited because NACDS has put together a strategy It's called NACDS 2023, where really we're going to take, again, more of a holistic approach to helping people live healthier lives. And it's the fact that the nation's pharmacies, by the way, 90% of Americans live within five miles of of a pharmacy. So it's huge on the access accessibility issues. And of course, affordability and quality of care are a big opportunity for us also. So I'm excited to carry on. I think that a lot of the people that are part of NACDS realize that we go after more of that holistic approach and be able to target the, really the triple aim. And so, yeah, working with the the executive committee right now to launch NACDS 2023, which again puts uh, pharmacies as the front door of healthcare, which we have been for a very long time, but it's just what else can we do to really complement primary care, complement some of the other healthcare professionals that are trying to take care of people.
0: That's great. So complement primary care. We've read studies, a study very recently that says that 20% of physicians in America are planning to leave the practice in the next two years, right? There is definitely a physician shortage and pharmacy has an opportunity to help here. Can you talk about the types of things that pharmacy is doing today that is more clinical care type, right, versus the pharmacy prescription piece of filling the prescription, and where do you see that going?
1: Yeah, great question and actually, pharmacists have been doing more than just filling putting pills in a bottle and filling prescriptions, which is very, very, very important, obviously, but I think the expansion of scope is really is extremely important for the for pharmacy profession. you know we've been doing immunizations for quite some time, Melanie. I remember in the state of Ohio actually back in nineteen ninety nine uh, we were advocating for the, in the state of Ohio for pharmacists to be able to do flu vaccinations. And, you know, that was a big deal at the time. But look at what's happened over the years with just vaccination rates and trying to get more people vaccinated, whether that be with the flu or what happened during COVID. There is absolutely no way, in my opinion, we would be in the same position we're in right now if our nation's pharmacists hadn't stepped to the plate and given two out of every three COVID vaccines. Simply amazing. Now remember, it's the access, right? We're very accessible. One of the most accessible healthcare professionals in the United States. So closing gaps in care, with with you know things obviously like vaccines have been a huge a huge deal. Pharmacists can also you know the 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 test and treat program for COVID. We can do a lot more of point of care testing and actually treating patients. So. There's many states where we are able to test more like for strep and flu and things like that. So the expansion of scope, especially with a shortage of primary care in the country, will be very important for the pharmacist to play that role. So people have access to health care quicker and at the right time. And more importantly, that we're able to, to get them treated so that it doesn't ex- exacerbations and go into things that cause them to e- end up in the hospital, which is obviously not good for you know, the overall cost of care in the country. But it's also not good for for the for people. So we most definitely can expand scope. We've been doing medication adherence and compliance programs, you know, comprehensive medication reviews for quite some time. You know, we very much again complement primary care, and then you know, in the world of fee for service to value based care. By the way, I believe we're going to play a huge role in the value based care arena to be able to take care of people better.
0: Sure. Yeah. You ta- You started with immunizations. I've probably gotten most of my flu shots in my adult life at a pharmacy and three of my now five COVID vaccines from a pharmacy. So my own personal experience is probably statistically with what you just quoted (laughs) on the vaccine anyway.
1: Why did you do that, Melanie? Was it, was it the convenience? Was it the, the trust? Like why?
0: Convenience, trust, both. It was much easier to access, honestly, than trying to schedule a vaccine appointment with my primary care.
1: Yeah, because you can walk into a pharmacy and all the pharmacies, not just say Kroger, all the pharmacies across the nation, they both, most of us take appointments and do walk-ins. So it, it is a convenience piece where when the patient needs it at the time that they want it, wherever they want it, is what we've like, you know, basically built our, our our model on, which has been very advantageous for expanding the number of people to get vaccinations. Because if you think in the beginning, there are only so many people, doctors can only see so many people, right? But when you expand it to the pharmacies, the vaccination rates went up tremendous in our country for the last decade or so, for sure, for flu.
0: No, my experience was actually very good. This last time there was a line and I had our daughter with us who's in her 20s. So I thought I'm she said, let's go, let's turn around and go home. We'll do this another time. And I said, no, I'm not going to get her back. So I better do this now. we have got to sit down and wait. And the pharmacist came over and sat down to give us our flu shots. And I felt kind of bad for this, you know, pharmacist because very, very busy, but so incredibly nice and spent the time talking with us about the, you know, it was a very good experience. So
1: Well, Melanie, don't feel bad for that person because I'm telling you, as a pharmacist, that's what I love is being able to do something like one-on-one with a patient and also understanding the differences that we make in their lives just by being able to do that, both from a they're going to get vaccinated and they're protected standpoint all the way to the relationship building. See, I think that's what pharmacists want to do more is be on the front lines of the front lines. That's why during the pandemic, we had so many people that were, it was very emotional, by the way. You know, we've given... We have, you know, given vaccinations, and you know, tears were just rolling because they realized that wow, now I can go see grandma that's, you know, been in the nursing home now for a couple of years. Now I can go see my new grandchild that was born. Now I'm protecting myself, and I'm protecting others. So please don't say that you feel bad about that. I mean, we need to figure out in retail pharmacy, and we are at Kroger on how we can take some of that that volume off of our of our pharmacist, whether that's being filled by a robot or in a central fill facility in order for our pharmacists to be able to spend more time. And so I think that that's what the majority of them
0: want to do anyway. I love that. Thank you for that reframe, because that helps me think about it differently too. And the experience that I had where I was thinking, oh, this person must be stressed. And this person came over and was anything but, and and actually thrilled to have a conversation with us. And that reframe was very, that was great. Thank you for that. And also then it lets me go to another place, which is how do we You know, we're here at SureScripts in the technology world are spending every day trying to figure out how we help take some of the administrative burden off providers, be it prescribers, pharmacists, clinicians of any sort, so that, you know, in this case, pharmacists can do these kinds of services. So what has your experience been there and what do you see going forward?
1: Yeah, we most definitely have to figure out how to simplify whether that be the filling of prescriptions or even the interoperability issues going on in the country. You know, pharmacists can most definitely take care of patients, you know, well beyond the counter, but it's being able to understand the patient in totality. So, you know, the sharing of information and that we talk about, we've been we built a with MedCompass or SureCare, uh, the MedCompass platform that sits on top of our fulfillment system in pharmacy and our electronic medical record at TLC, we built a system in order to be able to speak and talk back with the physicians in real time, and also to be able to you know collaborate across because our pharmacy system and people probably think that our pharmacy system and our uh, electronic medical record at TLC have been connected, and actually they have not. And I realize that that doesn't make sense, but I think from a you know a technology perspective, we need to try to have that one patient record because what's the, the most important thing is us being able to comprehensively understand the patient in order to be able to meet their needs, you know, at that time and huge opportunities for that. We're, you know, making inroads in that at Kroger. Another thing about the technology platform that we've built is that we aspire to, embed a nutrition score back into an EMR. So, you know, not only are we looking at patients and the medications that they're taking and their lab values and you know closing gaps in care, but we really need to be looking at a nutrition score, nutrition metric. And so we're working not only inside of Kroger to try to do that, but with test with physicians and then with people like the American Heart Association, which can help us, you know, push for protocols and, and push for things like a nutrition metric. Because if you think about it, when you go into prime, uh, get to your doctor's office, you know they take your blood pressure and you stand on the scale and you know what do you weigh compared to last time. But like, do we really understand nutrition? Do we understand where the where the patient stands as far as nutrition security goes? And could that be a huge differentiator and accelerator to a patient's care plan? We we believe that it is. We've actually done research around it and we can show that it is. So we're trying to move the mark with technology around that piece.
0: Oh, that's exciting. A nutrition score for each, each patient. That's, that's quite interesting. And, and it allows the data to help a physician or a pharmacist work with the patient in a different way. Most definitely. In a more, in a more holistic way, yep. right? Yeah. All right. So we've talked throughout this quite a bit, actually, about access. So let's just focus specifically around access and health equity and why pharmacies are positioned to provide more access, especially to underserved communities.
1: I, I mentioned before how pharmacies are, are so close to, you know, 90% of Americans live within a few miles of a pharmacy. So the pure fact of the, the outlets, right, the access points of the physical pharmacies, and then the fact that we one of the most trusted professions in the United States. And, you know, Melanie, I've learned by being a pharmacist at the counter that you can have a lot of influence on patients, but just like the old saying says, people don't care about what you know until they know how much you care. And a lot of times caring is about building relationships, right? Getting to know people And that's what I love about the community pharmacy opportunity is the fact that we're building these relationships with people can have a major influence on their their behavior, their actions, if they decide to get a vaccination or not. And then, you know, just how close we are. We are community. We are the community. That's what's so great. You don't have to make an appointment, Melanie, by the way, to go in and talk to a pharmacist. And we pride ourselves on in the community pharmacy I guess crowd overall, the, the profession overall is that people will walk in with bottles from other pharmacies to talk to us. They will walk in; they may be shopping, getting the prescriptions filled at a competition. But when they walk in and they put those bottles down on our counter and they say, "I have a question and I need help," we never turn anybody away. And that's and that that that's just not at Kroger. I believe that's the that's the industry overall. We're very very close knit. So when you when you think about you know. Health equity, and you think about trying to get to you know more people more often. Pharmacies are a huge opportunity for that. And during COVID, by the way, I was so proud that um, Kroger built down in Dallas underneath the AT and T bridge. There's a there's a group of homeless people that that live there, and we were able to partner with a local community center to build the first walk up testing site. That went on then to do you know vaccinations out of that site. So. We not only are within our four walls, very accessible, but we go to where people are. And that's not, again, that's not just Kroger, but that's, our competition has done that also and done that very well. So I think we are poised to be able to help solve those issues for sure.
0: Wow. So I just wrote down your quote and it's probably going to be pinned on my wall To People don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. I, I love that um, This resonates a lot with me. So what needs to happen in pharmacy to be able to continue that after, you know, post-pandemic? A lot of things opened up for pharmacy and pharmacists during the pandemic. What needs to continue?
1: Well, we need some of the things that happened during the prep after during the pandemic to become permanent so that we don't take a step back with the services and testing and the things that we were able to do during the pandemic. We need to become permanent. So we obviously are advocating on the Hill from an NACDS perspective and, you know, across across multiple associations in the pharmacy profession for the country to make those types of things permanent. And then expansion of scope, and we call it a provider status in pharmacy, you know, allow us to do more, allow us to be able to bill on the medical side under uh, Medicare Part B um for the services that that we can do. And it just it makes sense to be me, Melanie especially with like the shortage of primary care physicians. And again, we're not trying to take over what they do. We're trying to complement, but we're trying to get to more people more often, get them the services, the healthcare that they need so we can improve the outcomes in this country. I mean, you know, I mean, I'll preach into the choir, but we spent 4.1 trillion dollars in 2020 in healthcare, but we ranked 30th in quality. So our numbers are going up. Quality doesn't seem to be there, so we need to work better together to really improve the, you know, the uh, the uh, the healthfulness of of America. Because we said it multiple times, America's sick. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I mean, the the trajectory of chronic disease and what's going on is is not acceptable. And our country has made unhealthy very easy, and we've made healthy hard. And so that's something at Kroger that we are on a, a path to do. Is make healthy, easy, and for all. What upsets me is when you know people in the underserved communities don't have access to fresh food, to quality health care, that's not okay. And so we're gonna do all we can to push forward for all Americans.
0: Well said, well said. So let's talk about medication affordability and adherence. So there are lots of technologies out there that are helping bring the price of a prescription to the point of care, whether it be the physician or the pharmacist. What kinds of things do you see helping to promote affordability right now? And what do you, what do you see in the future?
1: Yeah, so that's a, that's a loaded question. And I think that at Kroger, you know, we've put together programs and platforms to where our pharmacists are able to individually help people at the counter. And it obviously depends on that, their, their situation, whether it be the discount card strategy that we've launched you know, all the way to working with partners to get people what they need and when they need it. We, what we can't stand is when people are standing at our counter and they have to choose. They say, I can't afford these five different you know, prescriptions. What am I going to do? We've, through our system, our own pharmacy, homegrown pharmacy system, we've been able to either we're working with the manufacturers, you know, for the various copay programs, or we're working to try to find an option um, for customers. I had a video that was filmed, by the way. I just watched it last night. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a meeting in our Louisville division next week. And there's a pharmacist that says on that video, it was, an am- it was amazing to be able to take the prescription from $330 down to 5 for the customer. And, you know, we talk about plus a little at the, at the counter. We talked about that at Kroger quite some time. Can we do plus a little for the customer? And you talk about plus a little, I mean, that's taking somebody from spending 300 and something dollars, you know, down to, down to $5, $5. It, it was amazing. And that pharmacist was so proud of being able to do that. And then, you know, from a healthcare standpoint saying, Hey, you don't have to go without your medication. And a lot of our pharmacists, by the way, and I know this, can't happen all the time, but they pull money out of their pockets. <laughs> and they and, and there's great uplift stories about saying, hey, I don't want, you know, Mr. Jones to go without this prescription. So technology most definitely can drive, help drive these decisions, help give the different options that pharmacists have. And then obviously working, you know, closely back with physicians. You know, talk about the interoperability, like that immediate. Like when we have people at the counter, by the way, we don't want them to walk away. Whether that be a vaccination that they are that they are wanting and seeking, or a, a prescription, like we have to get it to them at that time. You let them walk away, and they might never come back. And so, then, and that's when we're missing, especially on you know adherence and compliance. There's a large number of prescriptions in the country, and I know you know this because again, I'm I'm speaking to someone that is an expert in this area that never even get filled, right? The patient truly does need it and never gets filled. What happens there is the downstream impact of higher cost of care because they didn't go on the medication that they needed to go on to begin with. And oftentimes it's not a good out for the, for the patient. They may have a heart attack. They may have something, you know, devastating, a major event that happens to them when we could have put them on a medication, you know, early on. So Tools through like medication. It, um, MedSync obviously is huge, you know, auto refill, getting people on refill programs like that that make it easier for them to take their medications. We continue to work on that at Kroger each and every day.
0: I definitely have my own personal stories about, you know, a couple of weeks to get the medication process all synced up between the health plan, the physician, and the pharmacy, and, you know, and and i like to think i know what i'm doing <laughs> it was still a couple weeks i mean if you have
1: issues with it right i mean just think about the some average the average american that doesn't have you know doesn't have the knowledge and and they think oh that i'm just never going to be able to get that medication
0: right the average person would just walk away and not take their medication and then all of the things happen that you just talked about so yeah all right so let's turn just a little bit to your leadership style your leadership philosophy what did the pandemic teach you as a leader?
1: The pandemic taught us, I believe, that um, we can do more than we think we can do. And it also taught us the power of partnership. We had a partnership, a relationship with uh, you know, different governors in, in, in states, but just the power of partnerships. What we were able to do in the state of Kentucky with Governor Bashir and building a relationship with his His administration and his group was just amazing. What we were able to do with the center, the CDC and through the federal pharmacy program really taught us, again, the power of the partnerships and and coming together. What we were able to do at Kroger uh, with our partners out there, you know, people switched over, started making hand sanitizer for us, started making personal protective equipment just for us to stay open. And so I think it taught us, um, again, the power of, of partnerships, that we can do more than we think we can do, and that what it means to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. I, I tell you what, I mean, while it was tough, um, there's some silver linings there. And we're really proud of what we've been able to do and what I, I believe the, at the forefront, you know, staying open was hard, by the way, sometimes for us during the pandemic, but we made some deliberate decisions and we decided we weren't going to settle. And I tell you, like Kroger, um, our technology team here at Kroger, when we Honed in and really, you know, really focused on uh, being able to launch a scheduler that obviously had the eligibility requirements on there. And we did it within hours (laughs) or a couple of days. And sometimes that would before have taken Kroger months (laughs) or maybe a year to do. I mean, so I think it partnerships within the company, I guess I should say, and then the part the value of the partnerships outside of our company. And then the people that you know we called on that said yes. I know remember in the state of Ohio, Governor DeWine him and Rodney McMullen had a conversation and the conversation was around, hey, how can we increase vaccination rates? And Rodney, how can you help us in the state of Ohio? Or really, how can you help the country? And Rodney made a phone call and immediately said, hey, we're gonna give away $5 million. We're we're gonna make a difference in five people's lives. We're we're gonna, it was called uh, community immunity is what we called it, the actual um, program. But we went out pretty quickly and decided that we were gonna make a difference. And we were gonna do all we could. So I just think it, it just it definitely taught us that we can do more than we think we can do.
0: These are amazing stories. Then some someday, not too long from now, I'm sure, these stories will be written, but they, we need to capture these stories because they are just stories of innovation and inspiration across the industry. The idea that you stayed open for the whole time when there were some pretty tough there were some pretty tough months there where it was it was scary. So that, you know, that I'm sure provides, it does provide comfort to the community that their pharmacy is there.
1: Yeah. And how, and how proud are not only our healthcare professionals, but how proud our people were at Kroger in our total grocery store It is an injection while it was a really hard time. It was an injection, of sort of inspiration and of meaning and of like, and a value, you know, I talked to you about feeding the human spirit and what that means to us, but people felt like they were. At true value. You know, they were delivering something that the community really needed because the restaurants and and, and all were closed. And really people were getting food from their local grocery stores. I mean, we didn't have a choice. (laughs) It's not like we couldn't close. So yeah, we, we hired a bunch of people during that time, which, you know, I thank all of them for coming on with us and helping us keep our stores open because obviously we were rotating as people were getting sick, being out in public, right. they were going to get sick. But it's one of those like sacrifices that you make, you know, I mean, Rodney, you know, he often says, and he's such a, a great CEO about us making the world a better place. He said that multiple different times. We're here to make the world a better place. And so I think that's just been, I mean, a huge, obviously, catalyst for the Kroger company and us being able to also share the things that we did during COVID, we call it the Kroger blueprint, with others to make it like easier for them to reopen or to be able to, you know, be able to actually help also during the pandemic.
0: Well, this naturally leads to a question that I love to ask all of the guests on the show, which is how do you become inspired? There are so many places where I see inspiration in your career and in the last few years. How do you become inspired?
1: I mean, I would say the people that, were, that I work with and that I work for are, are truly inspiring. And it's the opportunity, Melanie, to me. When I get up in the morning, and I think about, wow, we have an opportunity to do something that has never been done before. And by the way, when you, when you go after things that haven't been done before, to me, that's hugely inspirational because... If it had already, it was easy. If it was easy, it would have already been done, right? Somebody would have already done it. So when you think of food as medicine, and you think of trying to put things on the shelf where people are buying them, Melanie, and they don't even know that they're better for them, I mean, to me, that that's like inspirational. Transforming the industry, transforming the food industry. I just say sign me up, and um, thinking that it's going to be different for my grandchildren. Um, don't have any right now. But someday I want the world to be a better place. I want things to be easier. I think that we're the United States of America. We can get this done, but it's going to take all of us pushing in the, right, in the same direction, being relentless about we're going to put some things in place and help America be healthier. That's what inspires me. and I, 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 I love it that we can be a small portion of it.
0: That's just awesome. All right. So as a national healthcare leader, what keeps you up at night? Whew.
1: Wow, yeah, a lot of things keep me a lot of things keep me up at night. Sometimes I um I worry about the fragmentation that's kind of happening in the United States and I I hope that we can kind of come together and if you think of a what the fragmented healthcare system that we have right now that we saw sort of the repercussions during the pandemic to more of a connected system, I I worry that we're not moving at a fast enough pace. And what is it going to take? You know, what can we do? Can we move um, faster at Kroger to help accelerate that? Oftentimes, I I hope that I always want worry about safety, and I worry about our own associates. You know, the retail environment is tough. And if you you said you stood in line there for a flu shot, and you kind of saw what was going on behind the counter, you know, sometimes I say, are we putting all the necessary measures in place to protect our own associates and you know help the from a system standpoint? make things simpler so that we can be accurate because there, there are things that can happen that are, that, that, that are terrible. And so are we putting, the, we always put patient safety first, by the way, but you know, what else are we doing to make it easier for our healthcare professionals to practice pharmacy, you know, practice nursing and, and be the best in front of our customers?
0: Well, where do you see the real opportunities for innovation in healthcare?
1: That interoperability piece, I think that one patient record I think that I believe that people should have the opportunity with their phone, right. To be able to share their information with the people that they believe are going to be able to help them. Our programs at Kroger, Kroger, when it comes to nutrition, you know, we opt people in obviously to be able to, to, you know, cross their records from a grocery side perspective and a food perspective and to be able to help them more comprehensively. But this whole, like, you know, one patient record, Understanding that we not stop competing with each other. Let's just like do what's best for the patient and what's best for people. Because I believe if we do, the overall total cost of care will go down. People will be healthier. We're always going to have challenges, but I think trying to break down the, the walls between the different professions and, and you know really the health. Um, I always say that the future of healthcare in the United States is value-based, not volume-based. It's interprofessional, not siloed. It's personalization, by the way, and, 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 not, and not generalized. It's not generalized. It's personalized. So if the future of healthcare is personalized, you know what can we do from a healthcare perspective to make that come true? And then the future of pharmacy is patient-based. It's not prescription-based. So we believe that our pharmacists can manage panels of people just like physicians would, get, to the, get the patient to the right healthcare professional at the right time for the Best outcome, and so technology needs to be needs to lead on that. It needs to make you know things easier. So you at SureScripts and the power that you all have, uh, totally looking for you to innovate in the space so that we can live the dream of helping people live a healthier life.
0: Sure. So technology around interoperability to support value based, interprofessional, personalized, patient based care. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, is there anything, Colleen, that I didn't touch on that you want to make sure we do touch on?
1: Yeah, no, it's I appreciate the time and appreciate our partnership. Of course, thank it would always thank the uh, my healthcare professionals and the people that work around me. I tell you one thing as a leader is the best thing you can do is surround people that around you, put people around you that are better than you. <laughs> that are going to help the, co- you know, the company go from zero to 60 overnight. So I'm just, I'm privileged to have some of the, the best thought leaders in the country. I believe in pharmacy and, and in healthcare overall with my little clinics and the you know, the chief nursing officer that I have and everyone believing, believing in a better tomorrow. I think as a leader, you know, you've got to get people to believe you got to be authentic in your approach you got to be resilient. We failed a lot at Kroger, by the way. We failed more times than we've succeeded in programs. But we say we're we're getting closer. You know, we're getting closer to being to you know to delivering products that are just not only differentiated but that are good for people. So I appreciate the time and, um, like I said, our partnership.
0: Absolutely. Well, we covered a lot of ground between the trusted pharmacy, the evolving pharmacy, the nutrition side of the world and food as medicine and groundbreaking research that Kroger is involved with now across the nation. So really appreciate the time, Colleen. Thank you very much. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you so much, Colleen, for spending time with us today. Our conversation left me energized by your commitment to improve the health of Americans across the country. I also love your enthusiasm for tackling such challenges. You are clearly living out your vocation and inspiring others on your team to do so too. As you put it so well, our country has made unhealthy very easy and healthy very hard. We need to be relentless about helping Americans be healthier, and pharmacists are uniquely suited to help us achieve that mission. I look forward to the continued partnership between Kroger Health and ShareScripts, and to innovating our way forward to better healthcare for all. There truly is a better way and you and Kroger Health are paving that way forward. Thank you for listening in today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review There's a Better Way Smart Talk on Healthcare and Technology. With your help, we'll be able to continue to bring great conversations to the fore and to the wider listening public. Thank you.